This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Today we are still in letter number 24 on despising death. And we're going to be reading through verses 14 through to 16. And the first few verses, the first couple of verses of these, this section here, we see that Seneca goes into quotation marks and essentially starts speaking to death and pain, right? And he's saying, you know, why are you showing me all these things that could happen to me? Why are you, you know, acting as if you're all powerful and so scary when you're really not? And once he leaves this kind of trance-like passage uh, where he's just, uh, you know, having this conversation with death, he goes on to explain to Lucilius and to us that uh, we should imagine that all of these terrible things, these terrifying things that we're afraid of will actually happen in life so that we are prepared if they do. But then he also goes on to say that we shouldn't let these fears and anxieties about these potentialities get us down in life uh, because we have greater purposes. You know, we have to take care of the soul. The soul needs to be strong and ready to rise when it's its time. Uh, So really interesting stuff that's going on here. And I'm just going to start reading and we'll see what we can take away from it. So he says, quote, Why dost thou hold up before my eyes swords, fires, and a throng of executioners raging about thee? Take away all that vain show, behind which thou lurkest and scarest fools. Ah, thou art naught but death, whom only yesterday a manservant of mine and a maidservant did despise. Why dost thou again unfold and spread before me? With all that great display, the whip and the rack, why are those engines of tortures made ready, one for each several member of the body, and all the other innumerable machines for tearing a man apart piecemeal? Away with all such stuff, which makes us numb with terror. And thou silence the groans and cries, and the bitter shrieks ground out of the victim as he is torn on the rack. Forsooth thou art naught but pain, scorned by yonder gout-ridden wrench, endured by yonder dyspeptic in the midst of his dainties, borne bravely by the girl in travail. Slight thou art, if I can bear thee. Short thou art, if I cannot bear thee. End quote. So we're going to pause here. Wow, what... What an amazing passage there, right? You know, Seneca is essentially coming in here and speaking to death and saying, hey, listen, why the big show? (laughs) It's essentially what he's saying. Why are you putting on all these contraptions and these shows and presenting all of these fearful things to me? Uh, and, And he says at the end, you know, if I can bear thee, then... You're slight, right? Isn't you're pretty small if I can bear you. Uh, and on top of that, if I can't bear you, then you're quick. So Seneca is essentially uh, playing a chess move here of checkmate against against death and suggesting that listen, this is not a big thing at all. Either the pain that I feel in this life is going to be something that I can bear, or I won't be able to bear it, in which case it'll be quick and I'll be gone, 
right? And so this is just a really interesting set of ideas that we get from Seneca in this passage. And don't you love the poetic nature of how he's writing here, taking you along on that that really beautiful literary journey as well as the philosophical one, uh, which is 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 clearly interesting. And uh, this is also he, he's presenting to us ideas in this passage that are very similar to what he has also talked about in other letters, where he suggests that the thing about pain is that if you're still feeling the pain, then that literally means that you were made to be able to handle that kind of pain, right? Because if you couldn't handle the pain, then you would be dead, right? And so right up until that moment where the pain becomes too much and you die, you can know that you were made to be able to handle this pain. But then if you can't handle the pain... I mean, that's that's kind of the definition of death to Seneca, is that moment where finally uh, it crosses over into something that you cannot bear. And what Seneca suggests in this passage we've just read is that, well, in that case, it's going to be quick. So I'll be here and then I'll be there. And then, you know, I don't really need to worry about it, do I? Uh, so we're going to keep on reading. He says, quote, Ponder these words which you have often heard and often uttered. Moreover, Prove by the result whether that which you have heard and uttered is true. For there is a very disgraceful charge often brought against our school, that we deal with the words and not with the deeds of philosophy. What, have you only at this moment learned that death is hanging over your head, at this moment exile, and at this moment grief? You were born into these perils. Let us think of everything that can happen to us as something which will happen. I know that you have really done what I advise you to do. I now warn you not to drown your soul in these petty anxieties of yours. If you do, the soul will be dulled and will have too little vigour left when the time comes for it to arise. Remove the mind from this case of yours, and Seneca is now talking about Lucilius's court case that we've mentioned earlier on in the letter, to the case of men in general. Say to yourself that our petty bodies are mortal and frail. Pain can reach them from other sources than from wrong or the might of the stronger. Our pleasures themselves become torments. Banquets bring indigestion. Carousels, paralysis of the muscles and palsy. Sensual habits affect the feet, the hands, and every joint of the body. End quote. All right, so let's take a deeper look at what Seneca is saying here. So, you know, he's just written this beautiful poetic conversation with death where he's basically saying, death, you're nothing to me. I don't need to worry about you at all. Uh, You know, you make yourself out to be this big thing, but ultimately I don't need to fear you. And then he goes on to talk about how there's this claim against Stoicism that uh, that obviously, you know, that they deal with words more than they deal with deeds. And Seneca doesn't like this, of course. Uh, and so what he says is, uh, what, have you only at this moment learned that death is hanging over your head? At this moment, exile. At this moment, grief. You were born into these perils. You know, he's trying to get us to see uh, that, listen, 
unless you can show that you have come to terms with the fact that death and pain and suffering is a natural element of the of life it's a fundamental of our reality uh, then really you are just dealing with words you haven't shown uh, you know that you're actually not afraid of these things and so yeah you are just dealing with words so he wants us to focus not just on the words that he's saying he wants us to focus on how is this going to impact me and my life how is it going to be manifest by my actions in life. And how am I going to show that I'm actually using this philosophy? Well, you should show that by recognizing and coming to terms with and not being afraid of the death and the suffering and the pain in life. And he goes on to say, let us think of everything that can happen as something which will happen. And so again, he's giving us this idea that, listen, life will throw things in your way that will surprise you. So the best guard that you have against being surprised is imagining that the worst possible things you could imagine will actually happen to you, right? It's this idea of negative visualization, go into the future and say, what's the worst thing that could happen to me? Okay, now Seneca is saying, imagine that it actually will happen, right? And get that into your head because life is tough. It is suffering. It is pain. It is grief. It is death constantly, right? And if you can't get past that fact in life, you're not going to have enough energy to do anything of substance in your life because it's just going to weigh you down. And he goes on to build on that idea. He says, I know that you have really done what I advise you to do. I now warn you not to drown your soul in these petty anxieties of yours. If you do, the soul will be dulled and will have too little vigor left when the time comes for it to arise. So again, Seneca is trying to say, don't get bogged down in those fears that you could have of these pains that may come and befall you in your life, right? Find a way to get past that fear and that anxiety in terms of recognizing that those things likely may or will happen to you, right? And coming to terms with that fact. And if you can do this, and if you can see that really there's not much to be afraid of, especially seeing as every single human being before you uh, went through those same pains, those same strifes, those same sufferings, right? Uh, If you can do that, if you can get past that, then you're going to be free. Your soul is going to be free to to rise when the time is right, to to have the vigor to do something of substance in your life. But, But if you can't get past those things, it's going to bog you down. And that's a very reasonable argument to make. And he continues with it by saying, Remove the mind from this case of yours to the case of men in general. Say to yourself that our petty bodies are mortal and frail. Pain can reach them from other sources than from wrong or the might of the stronger. Our pleasures themselves become torments. Banquets bring indigestion, carousels, paralysis of the muscles, and palsy. Sensual habits affect the feet, the hands, and every joint of the body. So this is a really interesting section from Seneca, because what he's essentially saying is, if you think that the only places that you should be afraid of are these pains that come from, say, the uh, the tyranny of the stronger person or, or from wrongdoings, uh, you better think again, because pains come from every angle in our lives. They can come from pleasure. Even when we have too much pleasure, it can bring the opposite. It can bring pain, right? And so Seneca is waking us up to this fact here. You can see this, that he's trying to say, Look around you. 
Where do you think you can hide? Where do you think you can escape to from all of these things? And if you can't escape from all of this pain, why on earth are you trying uh, to, why are you getting bogged down in these fears? Why are you letting them torment you? Why are you letting them hold you back from true inner freedom, freedom of the soul? This is such an interesting idea. And it really, I mean, it, it woke me up to this fact. It's a great way of looking at it that, Listen, there's freedom in recognizing that pain and torment and, and trials, they come from every angle in our lives. doesn't matter what you do, you cannot change the fact that there will be pain and suffering in your life. The one way that you can actually beat this game is by overcoming your fear of death, overcoming your fear of pain. If you can do that, then you've essentially beat the house at, at, at its own game, right? Uh, and, uh, and in doing so, you gain this true inner freedom. And uh, this is something that we all work towards, right? This is something that we all try to come to terms with is this, this nature of life, which is, is painful and, and, and trying and, and frightening and, and terrible. But uh, man, it's really something, I think that if there's anything that I take away from these passages, it's really to, to meditate deeply on, on what this could mean for my life if I could truly overcome my fear of pain and death. If that was the case, uh, you know, what would I be capable of doing in life? What would I be capable of feeling and seeing in life if I could cross that barrier? And uh, I want to pass that to you as well and hope that you meditate on these same things as well. And like he said, don't be like, uh, you know, what those people claim stoicism to be back then. Don't be the person who focuses just on words and not on deeds and actions. This needs to be made uh, it needs to be, become manifest in your life through your actions and through the way that you feel, through the way that you face life. So that's very, very important. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.